Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look there. We've been in a series over the last few weeks, several weeks. Um, It's been a great series for me. Uh, I hope you like it. I hope it's been informative for you, but it's been life-changing for me. And so uh, just bear with me as I continue to walk through that truth today. We've been talking about living in His presence. Living in His presence. Now, today we experience His presence. We experience um, that touch, if you will, some especially. But I want to remind you that you know, God doesn't want to just be one of those, uh, you know, one-time touch kind of gods. He's a loving God. He's a forever God. In fact, that's why he's omnipresent. He's always available and always around. But we've been talking specifically about maybe even going a little further in living in his presence, like living in full-time relationship with the King of Kings. Like that loving kind of relationship where, like, for instance, my wife and I, you know, we're in, we're in the same home, so we could say we're always present with each other. But it doesn't necessarily, just because I'm always present with them, doesn't mean that I'm always giving the attention that needs to be given. Does that make sense? So what we're talking about is living in His presence. We're talking about this beautiful relationship that we've been given through Christ, that's only given through Christ, it's only received through Christ, and it's a gift. It's an amazing gift, and I want to... Uh, we want to... We want to to grow that gift, we want to grow in that gift. And that gift is that we can have a thriving relationship with the King. The King. Yes, the, the, the great I Am. And so that's awesome. So if you don't hear anything else today, know this. Jesus loves you. Amen. He totally, absolutely adores you. Not what you do sometimes, not what I do sometimes, but He always adores you. And He loves you. And, and so much so that He went to the cross for you. And me, yay, praise God for that, because I needed him, amen? And this is the truth about living in his presence. Just reminding ourselves of that truth daily, just daily kind of walking in the truth that I can live with the king of kings, that I can no matter what I'm feeling or hearing or whatever, and I'm not saying we put our head in the sand, but it's so nice to know that because of Christ and that relationship, that he says he never ever, ever, never, ever, ever, never. That's the Jason version. Uh, He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. Now, I know that all of us have felt in a place at positions and times where we felt uh, uh, left or under. But but see, this is why it's important that we walk through a study like this so that we're reminded that even though we feel it, it's not the truth. That we have a God that's always, 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 always there. And so, so we have that truth. And the truth is, is that we can come to him boldly. We know that that's because of Christ again. And I know I keep talking about Jesus, but that's the thing that changes it. That's, right. that's the thing that gives us that, that foundation and that truth. And that should be the very foundation. When we preach nothing else, we preach Jesus. The Bible says to preach the gospel. You know what that means? It's good news. And what that means? It's good news. It's actually good news. I like good news. My favorite good news. My favorite news is good news. 
And so we've been walking in this truth of walking in, living in His presence. The entire process that we've been walking through and talking about, we've we talked about how we can get to His presence, what it's like to be in His manifest presence, and 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 how to maybe to to you know put things aside to be able to focus on that. Lots of things. We, God has shared all kinds of cool things, and today I want to talk about the process that we continue to walk in, uh, this transformation that God gives us. Now, I want to remind you of something, that, so we just lay this out truth, that Jesus paid it all, took care of it. That's a final deal. The Bible says when you are a new, that when you receive Christ, we are a new creation. Say, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Not a creature, a creation. Some are like, oh, it's kind of a creature over there. No. We're a new creation, and that's truth, bottom line. And so what happens in that moment is that our spirit is reborn. But there is a transformation that needs to go further than just that, not for salvation's sake, but not for eternity's sake, but for walking in who He is in us' sake. The cool thing is, is that God says... In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it onto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to know that carry it isn't mean like he's going to hold you. Carry it means it's an underwriter, right? If you were to think of real estate or you think about loans, Jesus, God, is the one that, that wrote that truth. In other words, Christ bought our freedom. And so he's going to carry that to completion. And so we understand, but yet we are, how many know that we're more than just a spirit? Right? That the Bible reminds us and talks about we're a spirit, we're a soul. A soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we're a body. I'm reminded of my body every time I, I had some good food this week. I was like, oh man, my body. This pants a little tight. So we know that we're more than just a spirit. And so our spirit has been transformed. Say, my spirit's been transformed. We're a new creation in Christ. I'm just reminding you. It's good to, to remind us, right? But I want to understand that this. Even though we have been completely changed and transformed in the spirit, God has given us the distinct pleasure, privilege, really, of completing the transformation the transformation process in our mind, our will, and our emotions. He's given us that pleasure and that, that, that really that uh, uh, goal, that task. He's going to take care of our spirit. But now he gives us, he partners with us. I, I think that's amazing that the mighty God says, hey, I want to partner with you. Me? Who, me? Yeah, I want to partner with you. I want to partner with you so that you can not only so I can come and bring life, but I can bring it more abundantly. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I think I'm so thankful for that. And so he's given us. Somebody say us. us. So that's you, right? That's me. He's given us the distinct privilege of walking through there. So here's the question. Something to stop and think about. This is really where God's been working with me today is we're talking about his mind. Not my mind. Not the world's mind. Not anyone else's mind but his mind. And I need a mind makeover. I, I need to often meet, have him make my mind over yes. to his mind. Yes. To see the way he sees. 
not the way I see. Because when I see, I get depressed. When I feel in just my mind, I get bummed out. Anyone else? Oh, I'm just being honest, right? Sometimes it's like... Fall underneath a rock or, you know, the... You know, the sheets in your bed, they're like protector, you know. Sometimes you just want to do that. It's like, if I just put it over, I don't have to think about anything. So I don't need my mind, because I know my mind, the mind of, of, of who I am, will always will often put me in a place of, what I would call the Eeyore syndrome. Right. <laughs> you know. And I don't need that. Uh, there's a, there's enough of that. So here's the question. We stop and think. One of my favorite scriptures. You know this. One of I'll say it this way. One of my all-time life-altering scriptures is found in Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. You don't have to turn there. I'll just quote it for you. Is that that we need to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness? To seek first His kingdom, not mine, but His. He goes on though with a beautiful promise. He says, I'm going to take care of you. And it's almost like it's it's almost like happenstance. Like it, why we don't don't put that at the beginning. Just seek me first. Not, not not religion, not tradition, not whatever people say we should or shouldn't. Not seek that, but just to seek the Father. Like the Abba Father, the one that that sent Christ Jesus, right? To, to come and just to love and let him love us and seek the Father. And he says, I'm going to take care of the other. But just to seek him. And so as I was thinking this and reflecting, I was like, what am I seeking? I have to do this often. Because I don't. you're probably not like this. But I often will seek um, my own understandings, desires, questions, I, uh, my own answers. You probably are holier than that, but me, I'm like, I've got to like go, and I gotta, I gotta do because I'm tempted to seek, and so I begin to seek. I'm asking, okay, what God am I going to seek you? And it's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, what kind of time am I putting into what? What, what am I focusing on? What am I reading? What am I looking out through the week? Am I? What are my daily passions? And the, the daily passions, your passions, or not? Are are, are, what the, are they the things that? I should be meditating on or the things that you've called me to meditate on? Is it your song? Is your heart? What am I seeking day in and day out? How, how much of my time, uh, attention and efforts, uh, how many, I've asked, how much of this attention and this time that I put into things, it, is it affecting or is it growing my soul or is it complementing the new spirit in me? Ask you these questions. I, I know you guys are great, perfect. But but I'm asking myself these things. I'm like, you know, am I high? My thoughts higher. Am I am I often seeking His perfect will, or am I interested in mine? And if I was honest, more times I'd like to admit. Don't say it, Pastor. Don't. I often will go after my own will. And my own will is really funny because you think you want it until you have it, and then you're depressed because you're in it. And so I'm like, I need, I, I need his will. 
I need his understanding. And so in this part, we're in part nine. I can't believe we're part nine of the series. That's funny. That's another funny thing because I always said, God, I'm not doing a long series nine weeks later. But I want to seek him and I want him to go. So we're going to look at this kind of idea. So if you're in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, we'll look at it. I know you're familiar with the scripture. This is, therefore, I urge you, brothers or sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, I'll just stop for a minute. doesn't mean we need to, to lay out and cut ourselves or what, you know, like what we think sacrifice. It means really giving up my own ambition or ideas of what I think is right. And just to lay it before him. Living my bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2. Somebody say verse 2. Okay, so we'll make sure we're on the same page. It's page 348. No, I'm just kidding. Never mind. Okay. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of Jason's world. Personal. Anyway, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Ah. The New Living Translation of, of verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. I need a mind makeover today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We just walk into your presence. We stay here and we listen to you, Father. And I, I pray that my words are your words. If they're not, let them fall void. But Father, your words, your words alone would just soak into our hearts and our minds, change us, transform us. We just ask for that in this moment, in this time. Father, not just a good word, not just a fun word, not just a feel good, but something that would actually be a lasting thing for me, for this group for those that are watching god we thank you that you're concerned about that and so we offer we ask you to do that so just disconnect my tongue from my own mind and god i ask you that you would connect it to yours so we can hear your word and your your thoughts today we love you we praise you father you are so good and mighty in jesus name amen and amen so renewing our mind as scripture says is it's completely doubable. And, 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 it, and in fact, it, it talks about not only is it doable, but we should be conscious of it. Like we should make it a priority. Renewing our mind is an absolute must. If we want to see the visible, if we want to visibly see the miracle that God's done in our lives, spirit in our spirit is through renewing our mind to it. And so understanding this, that the way we think impacts the way we do. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, if I just think, you know, like I can have a bowl of Lucky Charms if I just think it's going to appear. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about thinking on God. Thinking, what would God say? What would he do? What, he, what would he have me to do? Not thinking about what my theology understandings are or what the world, my worldview on, or what, but just to think about God. Who, who are you, God? Who are you, and, and what do you want to accomplish in me? Because how many know we can't affect others, so I can only affect me? I'd like to affect some others, 
well, my kids were not acting right. I would like to affect them. <laughs> oh. But the truth of they had to make the decision. Now, we could discipline them. We can do these things, and so we should. But they had to make the decision, and so do I need to make the decision if I'll follow through. The way we think involves everything. Uh, the way we think impacts what we, what we do. This mind that God has given us, this brain, this, this, the greatest computer of all computers, this control center, really, if it is, it can do miraculous, amazing things. Psychologists tell us that we can think approximately 10,000 thoughts on a daily basis. Now, I've talked to some of you before, and you can do more than that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but the truth of it is, it's amazing how much we can work through and we can walk through that can pass through. They say that your brain can hold more information than the entire Library of Congress. There's 17 million volumes, by the way, of that, that our brain can do that. So if you're taking notes today, I want you to look at this truth as we're talking about the mind makeover. The first truth, the first big idea we want to look at is the field of our mind produces the fruit of our life or in our life. What we have planted will be produced. Make sense? I have two apple trees in the backyard that were planted, Pastor Settlers and Miss Alice. Uh, they planted these two apple trees. And guess what? Every year, lo and behold, there's no oranges. It's the weirdest thing, right? Every time, there's no bananas. There's apples. What's planted is what will produce the fruit. And what I plant in my heart, in my mind, if you will, is what is going to produce. And so God says, reminds us through Paul in this awesome passage of Scripture, he says, to renew your mind to the things of God. If I want God. You know, it's interesting. It doesn't say renew my mind to to my understanding of things. It doesn't say renew my mind to what my grandpa said or my grandma said or my mom or my dad or even my pastor said. It says renew my mind to the things of God. And so seeking first his kingdom and looking at this, we find that we can our mind will produce the fruit of our lives. Luke says it this way in, in chapter 6 of 45. It says the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Now this heart word is the word cardia. We're familiar with that. That's a word cardia. It really means thoughts or feelings. It's, it's really kind of a, it means more center, like the thing. Imagine, if you will, uh, a spoke of a tire. Or, or, or excuse me, the the, the um the hub, thank you, thank you, all these engineers here. Okay, oh, the, the hub, that the hub, if the hub is right, the, the rest goes. But if it's off, if it's messed up, and so the heart is really the hub of what we do, how we walk and, and move. And so there's mankind is mankind, say I'm mankind, I'm just making sure we're awake. Okay, it's three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And so we, I just said already, our, our body, our, we're born again, our spirit is born again, and we want to serve God. Our fleshly nature wants to serve the soul still. Okay, just me. Every time we smell cinnamon rolls. 
the soul, the, 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 the flesh nature wants to serve the soul. And our mind is kind of like the swing vote. Our mind is the control center. And so you wonder why God is so important. Say, I need you to get this. That you need to renew your mind. Because you can have a reborn spirit. And that's just going to step on toes. We can have a reborn spirit. And that's truth. But if my mind doesn't line up to that, I will not walk in that truth. I can't. Because I can only do what my mind tells me to do. It's an awesome tool, but it needs to be renewed. At least mine does. So I, God was, you know, I was, I was. Let's let's say I was having a. I'll say it nicely. I was having a discussion with God, and I was maybe complaining, maybe lamenting. That's the spiritual word, the complaining. I might have been lamenting a little. Now might have been going in there, and He says, if you don't like the crop of your life, then change what you're planting. I said, no, you're not talking about me. I'm, I'm a pastor. And I began to see that what I was planting, what I was hearing, what I was listening to, what I was meditating, what I was allowing into me all of the time was the very thing that was controlling not this born-again spirit, but the, the body because the mind was swinging towards the body in the flesh, in the soul. I was like, I don't want that. That's not comfortable at all. I mean, for a moment, comfortable walling, wallowing is comfortable for a moment until I can't, I'm so depressed I can't, you know, get off the floor. And if I look at Scripture, God said, I didn't call you for that. I didn't send my son for you to suffer like that hurt like that, be in anxiety and fear like that. That's not who I am. I'm Abba Father. I'm your daddy. And he began to explain and remind me, as I like my kids to come to me when they're in hurt or need or need help, I'm like, I don't know if I've got it, but I'm going to give it. And he goes, you're just human. I'm God, and I feel even greater about that for you. And so the tools, the key is that he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Maybe we could say, don't conform to the pattern of my soul, the comfort of, the fl of what the flesh would want, but rather renew, be transformed by the renewing of my mind. He says, then I'll test and approve what God's will is. We'll have better clarity of mind. Understanding. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So the fruit in our life is very clear. It's seen in, it's seen in this. It, it's seen in, and I want you to make sure that we're talking about lifestyle, not moments. Before I say that, I want you to hear this. But the fruit of our life is clearly seen in our words. What we say and, 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 and how we talk. It's in our actions, how we behave, respond, and act. It's in our attitudes. The, the, when I'm going to say the flavor of how we, how we do what we do. Like if we're bringing the atmosphere, that climate of faith or not. Now again, I'm going to go back to say, it's a daily lifestyle thing. 
And if you're like, oh, I remember I didn't do that that moment. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that consistency. If you walk, if you look over your, your walk with Christ, you walk in life, the consistent, what, what's happening consistently, because the enemy will point out all of the oopses. That's a nice word for sin or whatever, or not listening to him or whatever. And we all have those. So I'm not talking about that. The enemy would like to pinpoint that. It's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the general. Listen, I'm not always a great loving husband to Michelle. Generally, I'm pretty okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I put myself on a limb on that one. Thankfully, she doesn't judge me by my, when I have a time when I'm like, you know. She doesn't look and say, oh, I don't let him in work because he barked at me one time. She, it, it, it's an it's a overall, and that's all I'm saying. Look at the overall of our life. The fruit are clearly seen. Now, my hope is that I don't just live in those moments, that I'm walking and doing and changing so that I'm constantly getting, growing in it. But I found, maybe you're not this way, I found if I'm meditating on disaster, if I'm setting my thoughts on and attention on those miserable things, guess what? I'm feeling pretty miserable. And, and that's human. But God says, I've called you for better than that. I sent Christ for to overcome that. So walk in that. It's like if I, you know, were to give Patty, or give her a gift... The greatest gift, I don't know what it is, is good though. Jewelry. Jewelry. There we go. 14 carat or. So I give her this gift, this perfect, awesome, like her favorite gift, and that's great. But if she never wears it, opens it even, well, it's, I mean, it's still, it still has value, but it's not useful. If I'm not putting it on, if I'm not implying it, no one knows about it. And I'm not talking about being showy, but I'm talking about when we put it on. Listen, we need to be the salt and light. Amen. But if I'm not putting it on myself, how can I shine bright? I'm talking about me, not you. I'm talking about me and this idea that we need so if I'm meditating on that, I'm going to find, I don't want to meditate on I want out of the overflow of my heart, I want to speak, I want to live, I want to flow out of what God is in me, what he's done for me. Michelle said it this morning, I can't enter the gates with thanksgiving, his course of praise with that kind of negative mind. Can't do it. It works in opposite. You can't press into God when your mind is fixated on sin or fixated on on this or that or the other. And this is where we see the picture of Peter when he looks and he's walking on water. I, that's amazing. And the moment that he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he begins to sink. But the moment he gets right back, he walks back to the boat, we think. They got back into the boat. I'm assuming they walked. They might have swam. But nevertheless, they didn't drown. God's with us, right? So understand that we can't, we can't fixate, we can't allow ourselves. And so there's this mind that God gives us and he says, I need you to control it. I, I want you to partner with me to control the mind. I've taken care of this part. 
the heart, the spirit, the truth. Now you need to take care of this part. I'm going to help you. I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send my word. I'm going to send, I'm going to send prophets and friends and pastors and all of those to help encourage you. But I have to do it. I have to apply it. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. want. But if you are led by the Spirit, I could say living in His presence, you're not under the law. Can I read the amplified version of this? Verse 16 says, But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, living in His presence, responsive to and controlled and guided by His Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. What we feed, the one we feed the most, wins. I'm either going to see the fruit of flesh, of the flesh, or I can see the fruit of the Spirit. I want the fruit of the Spirit, because I've already walked in the fruit of the flesh enough times to know that it's junky in my life. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Sums it up, garbage in, garbage out. Here's a second truth, now that we made everybody angry. The second truth is this. We must align our fleshly mind to the Word of God. Easy said, not always easy, applied, but still truth nevertheless. We must align our fleshly mind to the Word of God. Let's go back to our foundational text. Verse 2, Romans 12. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Transform is, of course, the, uh, the word that we would get metamorpho, metamorphosis. It's that transfer, you know, the best example of that is the, the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's pretty cool. Uh, Heidi, I don't know if you say you grew or raised, but facilitated. facilitated, there you go. A caterpillar, right? Like, and, and she, and this thing stayed, and then it just, she got to see it just go into this awesome, was it a monarch or? Yeah. yeah. That's a cool thing. But it was a totally different thing that started. Right. Totally different. And, and this is really what God's saying. He's going, I'm a totally miraculously, totally metamorpho yes. our lives. Amen. We just give a little, he's going to do a lot. He doesn't just change us, but he totally transforms us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I need that. Because i got a lot of thoughts and attitudes that need to be divided. Me. Just me. 
The Word of God is one of the most important forces on the planet. I just want to let that settle, simmer in my heart. The Word of God, His Word, His truth is bigger, more, more, more truthful, stronger, um, absolutely more capable. It, it's, it's final, it's truth, it's more powerful than any force, any worry, any bit of anxiety, any report is is so much bigger than that. Like not even like a little. It's like exponentially greater. And so Colossians chapter three is really another key to our mind being renewed. And we've heard this throughout the year. Colossians chapter three, verse one and two says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Set your heart on things above. Not on Word of Life Family Church or any other church. Set your things on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's the proof of authority that Christ has. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. Now, I've heard the argument. I've, well, you need, to, you need to be looking at that or this or that. No, I need to be looking at this and let God do that. Because I can't change anybody else. He didn't give me authority to change. He only gave me... I, I can teach, I can train, I can disciple, I can do all those things. But when it comes down to it, we all make our own decision. And I can't force your decision. But I can force my decision. And so it says to set my mind on things above, not on earthly things. So our thoughts are going to take us higher. They're going to take us lower. They're going to cause us to ascend and walk in His presence. Or they're going to pull us away. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. So when I find myself in anxiety and challenge, I start to look at where my mind has been. My mind. Where it's been. Where I've been hanging out in that. My mind. But those who live according to with accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Here, here's the, if you want to call it the litmus test of our minds. Philippians chapter 4, 8 and 9. This is the, the thought process. Whatever, brothers, is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Does this thought that's trying to enter in, this, this anxiety, this angst, this Whatever, whatever it's going to, is it, is it, is what it's approaching, is it agreeing with God's word or is it agreeing with not? Children of Israel, promised land, there's a good example. The truth was there were giants in the land. 
Truth is, they were pretty strong and pretty mighty. That was truth. But God had a higher truth that says that they could overcome them. So is that with you and me? But it starts in our mind because, see, in their mind, they said, we're like grasshoppers. God said, wait, you're, I, I called you there. I already told you it was yours. You know, several hundred years before, I already reminded. In fact, everything I've been doing up till this point is getting you there. That's right. But I'm, my mind it says I'm a grasshopper. Well, young grasshopper, jump on into the promised land because I said you could do it. There was a mind change. There was something. And so they had to use that. We need to use that thing, same thing. Number three. And we'll be done. Because I know the crock pot's burning things now. Number three. We, somebody say we. We must guard the gates. The Bible talks about the gates. That what we see, what we hear, what we associate with, what we meditate on. Those are the gates. But whatever... What I put attention to is going to be the gates that I'm walking through. I'm going to guard the gate so that I put attention on the right thing. So that I have planted the right things. I'll, anybody ever, anybody have dandelions in their yard? Okay. What happens when you blow on that dandelion? Seeds and then we have these beautiful yellow flowers everywhere. <laughs> and this is really what we're talking about. Am I going to blow on the things of this world and just let them and then let that weed take over this this plush yard lawn that God wants? I mean, I know they look pretty. It looks neat. But it's not it's not the best. It's a weed. We're going to be careful that what we're watching, looking, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking specific, like oh, if you watch that TV show. I'm again talking more, much more broad than that. I'm talking about what we're meditating on, what we're really pondering and thinking. You know what I mean? What am I spending moments after moments after moments thinking about, concentrating on? I often find myself not doing moments and moments and moments of thinking on, on the good things of God. And the enemy's right there to try to make sure we don't. And he will always do that. And so purposely I need to make sure that I'm not allowing him more time than he's already getting. we got to guard the gates. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 and 6 says, We demolish, we demolish. He says, we demolish. I mean, it's by the power of Jesus in us. But he says, we demolish every argument, every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, somebody say we, we take captive every thought to make it obedient or submissive to Christ. We do that. When the military sets up camp, they put a perimeter around and they put guards, and those guards are what? To protect the enemy from coming in. 
and so shall we. If I, if you were, and we, praise God, we live in an area we don't have a lot of crime, I'll say. But if we have rumors, we'll say, okay, guess what? Uh, you, you be careful. There is a mass murder on the loose in Phillips five four five 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 five. Yeah. I don't think any of us would be like, you know, let's raise the windows, open the doors, unlock the doors. Hey, set the keys outside. If there was a mass murder, I think we'd be buying extra locks, calling our friends, doing a neighborhood watch, protecting our kids, putting the gun on the table. <laughs> Whatever it is, we would be doing something if we heard that there was a, an enemy that was trying to do this. That's right. And all I'm trying to say is the enemy is doing this. In my heart, in my mind, he's trying it all the time. And I've got to be conscious. I've got to be aware. I've got to be mindful that he's doing this every single moment. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Yes. He's given me that promise and that truth. But I've got to do it. I've got to load the gun, baby. With his truth. Not mine. Not my, even my own thoughts or passions or excitements. Only his are the ones that are powerful. I think I'm powerful. He is powerful, all powerful. And he's what I need. He's what I need. Do you need him? I do. Let's stand to our feet. We'll close here. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them run out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. It goes on to say, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It's the hub. He says, Guard your heart, your mind. It's the same word there. To guard our mind with Him. It's the wellspring of life. It's going to make things go right or it's going to make things go off. I like how the Passion Translation, I don't know if you're familiar with Passion Translation, it's a cool translation. It's a commentary, so it's a, but, but understand that it's, it's just a neat picture that he paints with this. It's the same scripture, the same verse. It says, listen carefully, my dear children, to everything that I teach you. Pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart truth, life, radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections the passions of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being.
for there flows the wellspring of life. Gaze, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. Father, I pray that we do that very thing. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.